When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Into another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. It is Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, back as always with Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub to break down another Patriots loss, 10-7 to the New York Giants. Maybe a win in the long run, Alex, which we can you know talk about that. Uh, I'm yeah. sure we'll get into some of that in draft pick watch. Team Tank, another big victory for them. But, I mean, it was just another one of these kind of expected. It certainly lived up to the hype of a two-win Patriots team versus a then three-win Giants team. But just messy quarterback play all around. Defense kept them in it, but just same story on the offensive side of the ball where they can't do enough to even score 10 points, score double digits to, to get a win here. So just another messy game. And, you know, they are who they thought we are, who they thought we are. So two and nine on the year. That's where they said. Yep. Quarterback change. Didn't do it. Bailey Zappi struggled just as Mac Jones did. Um, I, I know for a lot of people, it, it was funny. I was talking to somebody today who said, you know, this, this really feels like the end. It really feels like it's time to go full in on, on the draft. Uh, welcome. <laughs> to those people I just, yeah um I, I mean we can start wherever you want to start brian the, the quarterback usage is obviously the big story um and this isn't to excuse mac jones or bailey zappy they both played poorly and neither one has shown that they're the guy this organization can build around long term and that's why i'm sure we'll talk more about drake may <clears throat> caleb williams jane daniels michael Penix, but did the offense as a whole, the guys away from the quarterback looked out of sync, looked disjointed. And that's what happens when you spend the week preparing two quarterbacks. And Chris Mason of Mass Live actually did a great job. He went back and found a quote from 2001 when we were doing Brady Bloodzo of Bill Belichick saying, You can't get two quarterbacks ready in one week. There's not enough time. Bill was right then. I, you look at neither guy was prepared. Neither guy was prepared. The rest of the offense wasn't prepared. There's the report from Phil Perry last week that uh, play other offensive players were having to get work in on the side in order to get ready for this game. They set themselves up to fail before the game even started with the way they handled it, and then it, compounding the issue was that neither quarterback uh, played well on their own, independent of what the game plan was. And, yeah. and the game plan itself wasn't great either. But, That's yeah. what I was going to add. But you think with all this – the question marks at the quarterback play doesn't seem like they trust either guy. And then, you know, you're coming from a Colts game a few weeks ago where you ran the ball really well, you know, season high in rushing yards. And then cherry on top, the Giants are without Dexter Lawrence, their best defensive lineman. You think this would kind of be a 21 Buffalo game or maybe not that extreme, right. but you run the ball 40 times and see what happens. And like they came out with Mac and, and they were fine throwing the ball more than they like, the first down uh, play rate was, I believe it was higher in the past. I think Mac was like 60-40 pass splits. So that was kind of uh, unexpected, I would say, from a playing calling game game plan point of view to rely on these quarterbacks that you just spent the week going back and forth, kind of flip-flopping between. But we can start with that quarterback breakdown because the mystery ended Sunday when Mac Jones did get the start. There were a lot of different reports that, you know, they split reps 50-50 throughout the week. Bill then said, 
you know, this morning that Matt got the majority of the reps on, on the radio, but and then there was the report before the game too that it seemed likely that they wanted to play both of these guys, and Bill said that too. Both these guys deserve to play after the game. So uh, Mac did get the start, lasted a half, same type of stuff we've seen from him. You know, he he's just broken. Like the once accurate, good decision maker out of college is just not doing any of those things correctly. Two really bad in, in interceptions. Uh, missing guys, a lot of miscommunications, a couple with Mike Kosicki, you know, he said after the game, I just wasn't on the same page as the offense. If you want to say that's from not getting the full amount of snaps in practice, you know, maybe, but just same old story for Mac this year, not good enough. And then when Bailey Zappi comes in at the half, you know, he leads a touchdown drive, but he had a negative average depth of target on that drive. And then he finished the game with, I believe a 1.4 average depth of target. So it was definitely a watered down type of offense. And then the one time he does push the ball downfield, he gets intercepted on time, kind of the same play as Mac, where it's just like a two man concept and he stares down the crosser. So like, they don't have, they don't have a quarterback. They theoretically entered that game without a quarterback. And then they leave New York without a quarterback. No, no, it's uh, yeah, it hit it right on the head there. They don't have a quarterback, and and Max issues are the same. You saw the shortcomings with Bailey Zappi. Um, yeah, there. It's just it's 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 all bad, and they did this to themselves. This is it, and this is not as again. There are shortcomings Mac and Zappi both have. There are. I'm not saying there aren't. They did this to themselves. It did not need to get to this point. Neither player is this bad. They compounded the issue with with a series of mistakes that began really last offseason, but even this offseason leading up to now. Uh, it's just been a total mismanagement of the position and the offense as a whole for multiple years. Yep. Yeah, because, I mean, there are, again, plays to be had, but neither of these guys, they're just not in the right. Obviously, they're, you know, they're not talented physical guys, but they are they can make plays. We've seen Mac do it before, and they're just not there. They, they can't do it right now. So, I mean, they don't have a quarterback, but where are you turning next week? Because it looks like we're going to do this whole rodeo again. I can't wait to hear what Bill says Wednesday instead of, you know, probably have a new say instead of him. No, it's going to be the same thing. It's, it's going to be he's telling everybody tell to be ready. ready. I, well, who, who I, I wouldn't be surprised ready? if they go half and half again. And, and maybe it's Zappy then Mac. But they're going to go half and half again. That really wouldn't surprise me. I think they're kind of just waiting till one of the guys either gets hurt or quits. <laughs> I would have kept Will Greer. I would have started him. They need a fresh start. Neither one of these guys gives you a fresh start at this point. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Mac Jones. I really would not be surprised if Mac Jones starts next week, plays the first half, and Bailey Zabby comes in for him. When he threw that first pick, and then the next series gets in with Mike Kosicki, that was it. That was it. That's where you pull him for his own good, if nothing else. And they kept him in the game, which to me – was the sign of this is a plan. One is going to get the first half no matter what. The other is going to get mm -hmm. the second half no matter what. That is what that looked like. Why wouldn't they go back to that? If they weren't going to pull Mac, even after that second pick, I know it was just one play to hand it off at the end of the half, but if they weren't going to pull Mac after that second pick, they're not going to pull him. It means they're not done with him. They've had too many chances to show they're done with him, and they haven't. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts next week. It probably should be Bailey's happy. I think at this point, you just got to sit Mac down and be done with him because you can't keep trotting him out there every week to go 12 for 20 with 80 yards and two picks. They seem content with continuing to do it. So I wouldn't be surprised. It should be Zappy, but I would not be surprised if it's Mac. Yeah. I, I mean, that's where I'm kind of at. Just like, I know the offense wasn't great for Zappy and he also threw the interception, but he seemed a little more, confident right that internal clock isn't broken where we hope that maybe the bye week could fix mac a little bit in that sense and it just didn't but i mean you saw zappy he had like like that one play where he evades the rusher flips it to Ramondre stevenson almost picks up the first down like that's not a play mac jones makes right now so i would go zappy uh, like i said last week i would have went zappy i'd give him the whole week and just see what it looks like but again big picture on this quarterback room is they don't trust any of these guys. None of these guys are very talented. So it just opens up this can of worms again, where maybe they have to go back to Mac Jones. And, you know, we can talk about it too. You mentioned it briefly there. They cut Will Greer on Saturday. Uh, I would just say we... real quick on the starting quarterback. Sorry. Yeah, go. They got to tell players. They have That's to tell cool. players. That was another thing. So you had some players saying they knew during the week 
Some players now saying they knew from the beginning. Hunter Henry said he didn't know until Sunday. Matthew Slater said he didn't know. You got to you, you got to tell him. You got to tell. I, I I get it. If they're on defense or special teams, it's not their job. They have their own job to focus on. It is a massive distraction. The quarterback position is different. You don't have to tell us. And I know there's people that want to be like, well, the media is just buttered that they don't get to know the starter. Don't tell. I don't care. Frankly, don't. I, we get a ton of content out of speculating. You don't have to tell us. I'm fine with that. Tell them. The the, the annoyance with, with Bill not naming a starter, and people have made it up into this media conspiracy that the media just gets bad whenever Bill doesn't say stuff. I can't speak for other people in the media. Me, myself, I don't really care. I'll mm-hmm. figure out things to write about. The team is different. You can tell the team. You should tell the team. That matters. That makes a difference, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Tell me all you want. Tell me uh, nothing. I don't care. The guys in that locker room, the offensive players, Hunter Henry, the starting tight end, should not be figuring out the starting quarterback on Sunday. He shouldn't be figuring it out when I do. That's the point. He should know before me. Matthew Slater should know before me. So I, I just just another thought with it. It's just part of the it, it goes back to Brian. We talked about in the offseason. I've been talking about this going back to, to Mike Cadlick co-hosting the show, and maybe even it was the end of Evans time. Stop playing mind games with the quarterback, with both of them, with the quarterback. Stop doing it. Doesn't help. I get it. They want tough players. They want players that can respond to adversity. That's why you run the hills behind the practice field at the end of the day in camp. Stop playing these mind games with the quarterbacks and the other players on the roster. It's not accomplishing what they think it's accomplishing. Yeah. I mean, you saw it firsthand. It affects the offense, too. You mentioned Phil's report, how they have to do these side sessions, like like it's JV football or something to get right. extra extra reps in. And, and an offense that's so predicated on timing and rhythm to not know who your quarterback is, is just, it's kind of ridiculous there. And, like, you don't have to tell us. I, I agree with you. Your team should know. You should not have Hunter Henry saying he found out Sunday and then Ramondre Stevenson's Ezekiel being like, oh, we knew the whole time it was going to be Mac, right? Like, get everyone on the same page. Let them know who the quarterback is because Bill said it. He also said it all week. I don't name starters at every position. The quarterback's different. And he did it with Cam. He did it, you know, with other guys in the past. He's done it with Mac in the past. He said Mac's been our starter, right, the past few off-seasons. So, it's just bizarre there. But uh, going back, you mentioned it briefly. They cut Will Greer on Saturday. I believe he is subject to waivers, so we will actually find out in maybe 15 minutes or so if he clears. They do have two practice squad spots open, so you'd imagine they'd like him back because based off this quarterback room and you know, you'd like someone with some familiarity – uh, back in the mix there but you know you look at a team like Cincinnati who had Will Greer they lost Joe Burrow you know who knows what happens on waivers but uh, yeah did you have anything else on, on Will Greer and that whole situation you knew they needed a spot for Connor McDermott yeah. but kind of a bizarre way to get it especially with the current state of that that room we all thought it was gonna be Tom McDermott but now he's playing receiver we'll get to that in a minute <laughs> uh, yeah I bring him back again I just think a fresh start would be good and I think a fresh start is more than Bailey Zappi. I'd give Will Greer a shot even if that's as a practice squad elevation we'll see what happens I'd give him a shot yeah and I know people are gonna want to hear it Malik Cunningham any thought process like I don't think it's gonna happen because they keep playing them at uh, wide receiver is what it sounds like but I mean still at this point like just see what just see just see it doesn't hurt anything to just see but I don't know yeah I, I I'm he's got to practice a quarterback you can't put him in cold and was it O'Brien or Belichick said last week he hasn't practiced a quarterback since before the Raiders game so you're talking about what a month a month and a half ago <clears throat> if they can give him the reps like yeah I wouldn't hate throwing him in there just as, I, I don't know that I'd start him I don't think he's ready to play a full 60 minutes of quarterback yeah. in the NFL but having him available on game day in a package option <clears throat> run like seven or eight shots with it plays with him under center where it's you know read options RPOs things like that like that'd be great but if he's not practicing a quarterback he can't do it so and if he's not practicing quarterback that tells me they don't plan for him to play quarterback so that just doesn't seem like it's in the cards right now yeah so the messy quarterback situation gets even messier just so we'll see what 
goes on here as we move forward, but we can talk about some other positions on offense. Wide receivers also not good. Sounds like you had some thoughts on some Ty Montgomery there, getting some wide receiver snaps. Tyquan Thornton just continued to be a mess kind of at that position. So uh, what did you think of the, the receivers yesterday down there at MetLife? For the most part, I think the team, when I say they don't know what they're doing, I mean the team doesn't know what they're doing with the receivers. You saw them rotate in everybody yesterday. Ty Montgomery's out there playing receiver. They rotated Juju Smith-Schuster in a good amount after he'd been benched. They rotated Tyquan in a good amount after he'd been benched. Kayshawn Booty played a good amount in this game. That's what it should look like. Put everybody out there and see what you got. See what you got in Booty. See what you got in Thornton. See, see what you got in a lot of these guys, even Juju. See if he can kind of work through his issues. Let him get in games, work through his issues. Maybe he can contribute next year. I actually like how they manage the receivers in this game. Uh, that being said, Ty Montgomery is a running back. I think his best value to this team is as a third down running back. He should mm-hmm. not be playing wide receiver. The other thing I'll say, uh, amid all the, 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 the doom and gloom about the offense this year, Pop Douglas legit. Pop Douglas is a legit player, and whatever – look, the offense is not going to – should not. Let me say – I don't know that it won't, but <laughs> it should not. Look, it should look very different next year. You said right? that last year. Like right yeah, exactly. Uh, but I'm, I'm talking personnel-wise, everything. Yeah. If you're changing the core scheme, all of it, it should look very different next year. There should be a spot for Pop Douglas and whatever that looks like. And that is why, like, I – when we look at the draft – I'm not saying they can't add another kind of slot guy, but maybe more of a Z. I'm definitely looking at them more for X's because I, I think Pop Douglas is starting, you know, top three NFL wide, top three, like on the depth chart, uh, you know, a start in 11 personnel. He's a legitimate starting wide receiver. He's a guy that can make plays. He's electric with the ball in his hands. You're seeing it. He needs to be, he, uh, he, he needs to be part of the offense moving forward this year. Yeah. He should be a part of it too. If they're continuing mm-hmm. to try to win games, but you know, everybody else, again, Juju still looks slow. Devontae Parker made a nice catch on a slant and uh, running after the catch yesterday, but he also fell over on a slant the first half or, or tripped on his route in the first half, almost led to an interception. Uh, well, you know, Kendrick Bourne's a pending free agent. Kayshawn Booty still hasn't popped now that he's getting more opportunities. Douglas is the guy. Douglas, they found a guy that they need to make a part of their offense moving forward. Yeah, and, you know, he might not be your number one alpha receiver or whatever you want to call it but like he's a guy who as you know you kind of said 11 personnel like he's going to have a role i think he's fourth in the league now and yak per reception so getting the ball you know these screens these short crossers they even ran one of those like downfield screens uh with zappy i believe or that might still been mac but like get him the ball in space and he's going to make good things happen so that's one of your few uh, bright spots there on the offensive side of the ball. We'll see with his head injury. I think someone said he wasn't in concussion protocol yesterday, but uh, we'll, we'll kind of monitor that going forward. Which, I mean, speaking of that, that was ridiculous that there wasn't a flag on that play. Pop getting absolutely clotheslined on that that pump, uh, punt return. That's just when they need like that eye in the sky or whatever they want to call it to buzz down and be like, this is a personal foul because that, that was kind of a ridiculous hit. But a good response by the Patriots sideline. I guess Jabril Peppers had some, uh, some some words for the officiating crew after that. But right, uh, yeah, that that was a rough call. But uh, Pop, good, yeah. Taekwon still like he had some routes of that game that were bad. Like going backwards off the line of scrimmage. That's just another one of those those misses. But. Uh, Mondre Zeke, good. I don't know any other offensive thoughts. Yeah, the running game continues to work. I don't know why they only ran the ball 31 times and threw it 37 against that defense, the league's worst defense without its best run defender. Uh, not a great showing from Bill O'Brien in this one. Really, really, and look, if if the quarterback decision is up to Bill Belichick, that sort of handcuffs O'Brien a bit because maybe he doesn't. Who knows when Bill? It, it goes back to my point. Who knows when Bill O'Brien knew? Maybe he had to put together a really black and white uh, game plan because he didn't know who was going to be leading it. And it was two different game plans very clearly for yeah. Mac Jones in, in Bailey Zappi. Again, as was the case last year, again, two different game plans. 14 passes for, for Bailey Zappi. I think six or seven of them were behind the line of scrimmage. And I, that's not to say, oh, if they let Mac Jones do that, he'll be successful. That's not, it's just not a sustainable way to run an NFL offense, especially not when these are your receivers. But, yeah, the game plan was, was weird, and I don't know why they didn't run it more. Because the running game looks good. 
Ramondre looks good. And I th- the whole, I've seen some people be like, hey, they should try to get Zeke back next year and like bring this backfield back, you know, add a third down back, but keep Ramondre and Zeke as the one too. I don't know. It's going to be that easy to get Zeke back. He's looks good. Yeah, he's going to have, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit uh, of competition for him in free agency. Because yeah. he's looked, he, he's looked, I mean, like he, like he looked in Dallas. He's not peak Zeke anymore, but he's still a very capable NFL running back. Yeah. And he might want to go play on a winner for the last few years. Of yeah, career. that, that <laughs> is probably a part of it as well. <laughs> um, uh, last thing, uh, Trent and Unwinu, I thought were good. You know, those tackle spots, the interior, not so good. Cole Strange beat a few times. Uh, good in uh, the whole line was good in that run game, but you know that pass protection still kind of shaky, especially in that interior. But uh, Trent and Big Mike, I thought were solid yet again. So, uh, unless you had anything else on the offense or the quarterbacks or anything at all, we could hear from our friends over at Fanduel very quickly, and then we can jump over to the other side of the ball. Score early this NFL season with Fanduel. You know it's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Look, if you're not good at math, you, you even you know that's a good deal. I mean, I'm not good at math, and I, I know that's a good deal. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off your NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, folks. Now pay attention to this. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. That expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right. So over to the defense. Uh, Alex, I think you were the one of the first ones to point the stat out on, on Twitter yesterday that Teams are 50-2 and two this year when allowing 10 or fewer points, I believe it was. And the two losses are now both the Patriots in the last two weeks. So <laughs> not not good company there. They're doing their job, but it, it's not enough. And, you know, Adrian Phillips kind of said it after the game to the Herald, like, we gave up 10 points again and we still lost. So now we just have to give up zero points, I guess. So that's kind of where it's at with the defense. Like maybe some frustration starting to boil over that the offense, you know, that they're playing like this and the offense can't even score double digit points to, to win a game. Yeah. Well, that's not something you want to hear a defensive leader say, certainly. Um, Yeah. yeah, For the most part, good day for the defense. Jabril Peppers, really good again. Christian Barmore is really good again. Um, one, One player did not play well as JC Jackson. Yeah. He got burnt numerous times by Jalen Hyatt. And that was kind of my big takeaway from the defense is that I don't, you know, for the rest of the year, whatever, at this point, they're two and nine, but boundary corner is going to be a need again this offseason because you're going to have Christian Gonzalez coming back. Is John Jones still going to be your boundary or slot? Where's Marcus Jones at? Like they're going to need another corner and probably another boundary corner. We're back to that again. So add that to the list of needs because JC Jackson just doesn't look like he has it right now. Yeah. He was tough he did have one nice pass breakup but overall you know too many uh got beat down downfield too many times by Jalen Hyatt also had a missed tackle him and John Jones had kind of back-to-back missed tackles there on the the lone touchdown drive both on third down I believe so not good there but uh Peppers good as always Barmore good as always the pass rush finally got home a little bit Second half, you know, forcing Tommy DeVito to hold the ball, drop his eyes. Anthony Jennings, Keon White got his first sack. But, yeah, it's like the big picture now down the stretch here is you're 2-9. How's this going to look? Is it going to keep getting frustrated? You heard Phillips' comments. Uh, Phil Perry said he talked to Devon Godshaw, and he kind of said the same thing. Like, down the stretch here, we're playing for pride, and we're playing on for the names on the back of our jerseys, is what he, he said, like, there's 31 other teams watching you. You got to put good film out there, which is 
Trent Brown kind of alluded to that earlier this week as well, speaking to the media, saying, like, I'm putting good film out there. So that's kind of the weird predicament you get yourself in when you're, you know, out of the playoffs is you have these guys start playing for themselves more than the team and trying to put good individual film on tape. So that's probably one of the big, big picture things to watch for this defense kind of down the stretch. Yeah, I'd agree with that because there's still, I mean, the defense shouldn't change much to next year. It's still been a good unit. You're going to get Matthew Judon back and get Christian Gonzalez back. Obviously you'll see what happens with Kyle Duggar and Josh Uche, but I mean, the pieces still seem like they're there. You're just kind of seeing who you're maybe going to invest in who you're not right. Does Duggar show that he's a guy you need to keep, or is he a guy that that you're going to move on from? Same with Josh Uche. Some of these young guys, Keon white had a sack this week, which is great. He had that great, you know, great summer, Solid start to the season, suffered a concussion in October and was kind of slow coming back. I thought he had a really good game yesterday. So is he a guy that's going to kind of grab this opportunity and run with it, finish the rookie year strong, and boom, that's a guy you're you're counting in for a big role next year, that kind of thing. I think that's really what you're looking for on the defensive side of the ball uh, at this point. And hopefully Marte Mapu can be a part of that, not even playing again, which I'm just – I don't know. Yeah, he, that, he, he's gonna be, it's going to be up to the next coaching staff to figure him out. <laughs> Uh, that, that's just probably the reality of it because they, you know, still can't. I guess he he still can't be trusted to play linebacker at 220 pounds because he might get run over. Might cost you the game. That might be what costs you the game is letting your young your young player develop. Uh, it's unfortunate, but I think it's just going to be up to the next coaching staff to figure out what his role is. Yeah, unfortunate there, but yeah, kind of the same old same old for the defense. Good performance, like. We said Thursday the big thing was slow down Saquon Barkley, and they did that. Like, really good defensive line performance again after slowing down Jonathan Taylor, then slow down Saquon Barkley. But it's just not enough. As Phillip said, they got to hold teams to basically zero points at this point. Well, look, as Jonathan Vilma said yesterday, it's two good defenses going at it. (laughs) He was terrible. That was. What was his uh, uh, Jabril Peppers take? Oh, he compared Jabril Peppers to Jamal Adams. Disrespectful to Jabril Peppers. Yeah, very. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, had here with Blitz Boy. Yeah, he had, he had some rough moments in that one, Jonathan Belma. But yeah, uh, I maybe mean, don't blame him for that one. I mean, they had to go to Gronk and Michael Strahan to host like a podcast mid game. Yeah. Really, even in the last, remember the the ball that hit Juju in the hands? He called the Washington game, and he was like, "Oh, you shouldn't have thrown that." Like, yeah, I, I Vilma's been a tough watch this year. It's not just when he calls the Patriots. Yeah, he has been so. Uh, anything else defensively or, I mean, not much else to say from them, but, uh, no, no, that's all I got for the defense. All right. So we can go over to the special teams, the good stuff, because you want to do Seat Geek first. Oh yeah. We, We could hear from Seat Geek very quickly before we do that. You know, I've been looking for the best deal on Celtics tickets and with over 28 million downloads, Seat Geek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports festivals, and more. With the NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons of full swing, you don't want to miss out. SeatGeek has your tickets to every game. Plus, artists like Travis Scott are on tour. They put all the tickets across the web in one place to make sure you're getting a good deal. Each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10, so look for the green dots. Green means good, and red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. So as you know, I always come through for you guys. You can use my code DREAMERSPRO for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code DREAMERSPRO. Make sure you check the link in the description to download the app. All right, so last but not least, Chad Ryland, 35-yard field goal to tie the game there, send it into overtime. He missed it for the tank. Um, I have two thoughts on this. One, that wasn't good. Like, you have that's a kick you have to make. Yeah. Second straight week, you missed a 35-yard field goal. Uh, you know, Bill said it, like, that's not acceptable. Like, you have to make those kicks. Number two, we need to stop talking about Nick Folk. Like, please – Get over it. And that's not even a pro Chad Ryland take. This was a 38-year-old kicker who was declining down the stretch of last year. Like, he couldn't kick off. 
it was fine to move on for him. Now, if you want to be mad that they replaced him with a guy who's missing 35-yard field goals, fine. If you want to be mad that they replaced him and used a fourth-round pick to replace him, fine. But like to sit here and cry about Nick Folk not being here on a 2-9 and nine football team when there's so many other things to complain about, bigger things to complain about is just ridiculous to me. So Ryland has not been good, but the Folk stuff, like, please, it, it needs to stop. I, I just... I can't understand that right now. So I, I, I go two ways on this. If Nick <clears throat> Folk's here, they're probably not two and nine. They're probably four and seven. Yeah. Colts game, the Giants game, they probably win. That being said, if your kicker is the difference between winning two games in counting, you probably didn't build a very good football team. Yeah. And that to me is where this is minor. And I'll say, I, I said it over the summer, so I'll stick with it. It was time to move on from Nick Folk. It was time. He struggled down the stretch last year. He was 38 years old. Is 38 years old. He struggled down the stretch last year. He's 38 years old. Year too early versus year too late. Odds are Nick Folk was not going to bounce back. The bounce back he's had is impressive. It's rare. He deserves credit for that. That was Moving on from Nick Folk is not the issue. The issue is who, a, he, who they replaced him with. And that's where people saying you find kickers on the street and teams have found you know kickers here and there. It's not a total crapshoot drafting or signing a kicker. Like you can scout these guys. It's not just looking up who made the most kicks. There's things teams do to evaluate the mechanics and things like that. They picked the wrong guy. That doesn't mean that, again, they should have moved on from Folk. They should have moved on from Folk and found a better kicker. Or at least not taken Chad Ryland as high as they did. Because, yes, Chad Ryland is struggling. I also go back to the fact that he basically didn't kick all summer. Uh, he was kicking yeah. every other day in training camp. Didn't get any attempts in preseason games. Another player. And, and that's not to say that if he'd gotten a kick in the preseason, he'd be great. But I, we talked about this. You can go find the clip of me talking about it where he missed a kick at the end of practice. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, it stinks. He's not going to get to kick for four days now because we don't get to see how he bounces back from a loss. It's another player. They botched the development though, because they just won't put kids in games, even in the preseason, even in camp. So that's not to defend Chad Brown. It's not to defend the pick. He's been bad. He needs to hit those kicks. Let me say that. The issue isn't that they moved on from Folk. The issue is when they moved on from Folk, they replaced him with a kicker who wasn't good. They could have moved on from Folk with a kicker who is good, and it would have been the right decision no matter what Nick Folk is doing this year. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get a good kicker. Like, I don't think anything – from college, Chad Ryland said he was a bad kicker. Like, I don't mind bringing him in, but just maybe, like, you don't have to use a fourth-round pick on that position. And, I mean, he outperformed them in the summer, but as you said, like, they don't let him kick. And now but he didn't really perform. Remember, it was a draw. We were talking about them kicking, keeping two kickers. Yeah, but I had the percentages, and Ryland had a higher percentage, and he had the bigger leg, and he could kick off, but I thought, like, they might – keep them uh, keep the two kickers just for consistency but it's uh what was i gonna say it's <laughs> letting him kick you know not letting him kick throughout the summer definitely hurt and now again not to make an excuse but he gets like one kick a game because of this offense probably not easy but 35 yard you have to make that so i'm not expecting them to all of a sudden move on from him this year like he's again he's a fourth round pick but Maybe wouldn't be surprised if a kicker or two pops up on that workout list, you know, once a week. Maybe Tristan Vizcaino, right. he's just sitting around. He was here last year. You know, you have two practice squad spots open. I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe bring someone in here to try and, you know, get that seat hot a little bit. Because, again, you can't be missing 35-yard kicks. But, like, the Nick Folk stuff, like, it was the right move to move on from him. Like, how quick – he was awesome here early, but – down the stretch last year like he might have cost you a game against Cincinnati missing two extra points in a one score game where you needed one more win to get in the playoffs so like he was fading down the stretch he was 38 years old right move to you know have a backup plan in place but maybe you picked the wrong guy and you picked them a little too early with an asset that could have went somewhere else to help the team so that was my kind of kicker rant I've just seen way too much Nick Folk talk uh, on the timeline right now, blaming Bill Belichick for that when there's a lot of other things that Bill Belichick deserves some blame for. So, right. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. Any, you know, other special teams, you know, I thought Bryce was good. Yeah, Bryce Beringer's been very good. He's He's been excellent. So, meanwhile, the punter they took in the sixth round has been good. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I thought Bryce Beringer was good. And can they, I think they could find a better kick returner at this point than Ty Montgomery. Like, well, stop I, running kicks out of the end zone. That, I mean, that too. I wouldn't run kicks out of the end zone. I would just fair catch it or knee it and get the ball to 25. I, I don't I think they've run one pass once, right? Eight kicks out of the end zone now. It's like seven, eight, nine, something like that. They've run out of the end zone. None of them have gotten back to the 25. At that point, it's beyond Ty Montgomery. It's the decision-making. At a certain point, coaching staff needs to say, hey, stop running kicks out. But, yeah, they probably could. Well, it's supposed to be Marcus Jones. He got hurt. But, yeah, you'd think they could find a better kick returner. Or Isaiah Bolden, who, you know, yeah. maybe another sneaky loss. But, yeah, that's like – I like Ty Montgomery as third down back. But they're using him as a wide receiver and a kick returner. Uh, I just don't know. Just puzzling, puzzling usage there. So, uh do you have any other thoughts on that wonderful game or we could talk a little college football here from the weekend or anything else you want to discuss? Yeah. The in-game coaching was yeah. bad. The in-game coaching, there were so many questionable decisions. Again, we talked about the game plan a little bit, but they had that weird fourth down where they lined up in like 10 different formations on a fourth and one only to call a timeout in the second half and then punt. You had them playing for the field goal at the end of the game instead of playing for the touchdown. Why are you playing to tie at two and eight? Um, it's just, it, again, it feels like the coaching staff, it, the, the fastball is not there. You had uh, Juju Smith-Schuster getting into it with Troy Brown. As much as we talked about build the GM and we've said build the GM is the reason Bill needs to go more so than build a coach. It has not been a good year for build the coach. Yep. Yeah. Like if this was the Tom Brady era and that was a close game and they burned a timeout on that punt fake, whatever, like, that would be a big issue. But so the fact that they burned the timeout, they didn't even just take the delay or they didn't go for it. Like, I don't know. That that was puzzling. And then the decision at the end of calling those couple run plays to play for the field goal instead of going for the win at two and eight is just head scratching. They just clearly don't trust anything they're trying to do offensively there. So some questionable, questionable decisions there on the coaching staff, but uh, if that's all you had, we can talk some college football because at two and nine, the Patriots still hold the third pick of the NFL draft currently because the Cardinals lost to they dropped to two and ten. So some shuffling could happen there when Arizona has their bye week. But we have the game this weekend. Michigan uh, staged off Ohio State. Uh, Jaden Daniels had another good game. Uh, what'd you see from the college football landscape this weekend? Yeah, it was a bunch of good games. I mean, rivalry week totally delivered independent yep. draft stuff, just good games up and down the board. And that's, that's what usually happens, rivalry week and right as close games. I thought that, yeah, Jane Daniels from the Heisman, another good game from him. He's flying up my draft boards. I actually have him over Michael Bennix now. I have him as QB3. Uh, I think all four are first-round picks. I think those are probably your four first-round picks. I'm still not buying it with J.J. McCarthy. Yeah, I know he made a couple of good throws in that game, but I'm, I just – Still too far away for me. Still too raw. Um, I thought Marvin Harrison Jr. had a great game. He he did. I thought his performance went a long way in, in potentially getting him that one one spot. Um, and yeah, we'll see. You know, we got another Bo Nix, Michael Penix showdown. That'll be sick. We're going to see Quinn Ewers against Oklahoma State if he comes out. And I know there's been reports he's going back to school, but he might come out. And it's going to be really interesting who transfers to Ohio State next year because please. Kyle cannot be Kyle no. McCord again. I cannot. No. I don't even like Ohio State, but they play in a lot of big games, so I watch them a lot. I don't need to see any more Kyle McCord. No and more Kyle have, McCord. They have good res- receivers. We want to see getting the football and Kyle McCord. Right, can get them the football. So yeah, I, I it's going to be that's going to be like a prime spot for the transfer portal quarterbacks, and that that's like I wonder does yours go back there? Remember he started at Ohio State. He yeah. didn't play there, but he he was there. Does he go back to Ohio State? Does um, you know somebody like uh, uh, Riley Leonard, who I would assume he should go back to school, and if he does, I would think transfers with Mike Elko leaving Duke. Does Riley Leonard try to get to Ohio State? I mean, that'd be a good fit for him. Um, I will touch a little bit on the Michael Penix thing, yeah, because this, this is fair. He, I wouldn't say he melted down at the end against Washington State. I don't know why they were calling passes to begin with. I think maybe trying to get him like his Heisman moment. But, yeah, he should have had, like, three game losing picks at the end of that game, and they were all dropped. So that was concerning. 
Um, loved seeing the emotion at the end with his team winning the game, but yeah, uh, not a, you want to see him go win that game and he didn't, he couldn't, have, he didn't blow the game, but he didn't win it either. And I would have liked to see him go out and win that game. Yep. I agree that Jaden Daniels might slowly be creeping up in that QB three conversation, which is another thing we need to stop talking about is that Marvin Harrison, Jaden Daniels mock draft nonsense. Cause I don't think that's going to happen. Jaden Daniels might be a top 15 pick. So so I think the the one I've been kind of like flirting with is let's say they end up at two, right? Mm-hmm. You trade down from two to like six. You get – because all right. So in the top five, you're going to have Williams, May, Harrison, Williams, May, Harrison, Verse, and then Alt, Alt or Fashanu are your top five, right? You trade down – you get the other tackle at six, and let's so you, you you move down from two to six, and you pick up like a second round pick or something. You then use whatever you got moving down from two to six to move, move up. up from thirty three to like ten, and you take Jaden Daniels, and then you figure out the wide receiver and and then if my math's correct, you'd still have a second round pick left. Uh, you use that second round pick on a guy like A.D. Mitchell or Johnny Wilson or Thomas, you, re, you know, you reunite Jane Daniels like that to me would be would be the way that would go. Yeah, that would definitely be intriguing. Uh, yeah, should be a good conference championship next weekend. You know, Georgia Bama, we can obviously talk about those a little bit more. On Thursday, wild Iron Bowl, though, as always, that was an unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Yeah, we got to talk about that for a second. <laughs> Fourth and goal from the 31 with 30-something uh, seconds to go. Two-man pass rush was – oh, my. That was a decision, to say the Alabama least. Alabama should have won by nine because I, I, that was a pick six. I don't care. Uh, that was a pick. That. Did, I, I did not see an angle yet where he definitively stepped out. I saw – so I saw a good angle where he stepped out. But okay. I don't know about the play before. That might have been uh, some funky safety touchdown thing with that whole sack fumble. Look, it was, it was awesome. It, it was yeah. just awesome. Um, that what what a great ending. I I don't know. You know, being that close with Auburn, it helped Alabama. That like Washington played it close last week, and Texas played it close. Right? Like, oh no, Texas didn't play it close. They blew their opponent out. But you had some of these like. It probably didn't help Alabama's playoff chances that they had to go down to the wire against Auburn and probably should have lost to Auburn. But oh, what a game! What yeah, that's that's why it calls football's the best. And I'm texting with Evan. He's like, "That's just bad football. Who gives up a fourth and goal <laughs> in the 31?" No, but that's the whole point. You don't see that any like like when you watch college football, you see things you've never seen before. The game's never over. You don't get that anywhere else. And that's why I call it college football is the best. College better. College football is better than all of the things you like. It is. Just, it always delivers. It always, except in the national championship last year, to be fair. But it almost always, always, always delivers. It was great. Fourth and thirty-one. Won roll tide. That was unreal. It's what it's like March Madness and bat college basketball too. Like you just, it's what you get when you put a bunch of like but eighteen, nineteen-year-old kids on the on a field or a court and just. Like you just, it's chaos. You just never. But know I would argue it's on. better because, like, the top youth basketball players don't play college basketball anymore. They're all overseas or they're in the G League. That's true. Right. Whereas, yeah, I, I think way. it's better, but it's still kind of just that madness stuff you never. Oh, college sports! See. Every every sport, the college version is better than the pro version. Yeah. Every sport that's true. Um, like college baseball to me is the most underrated product in sports. Yeah, College baseball is, is so freaking good, but um, no, it's what, what, what an awesome day of games. We got some good championship. We'll get to them later in this week. But we got some good championship games. We'll, you know, we'll get to I, I some good matches. I do wish we were getting Texas, Texas, Oklahoma. I wish BYU had pulled that game off against uh, Oklahoma State, but uh, should be fun. Oh, and we Iowa Nebraska, <laughs> which happened right after we got off the air the other day. That was awesome too. And now I, I I need Iowa to win the Big Ten championship. It would just be so funny. That would Anything. be the I, I go on and on and on like this. That would be the most comical win of all time if Iowa beat Michigan after all that. But yeah, the, that Iron Bowl, as Don said, uh, the seed from Jalen yeah. Milrow. Shout out 
Jalen Melrose for responding after you know getting benched against UCF or USF, whoever it was. Yeah, like yeah. he's had a really good second half of the the year. That was a C, like from the right hash to the back left pylon. That was an awesome throw. So and a nice guy Isaiah Bond too, who is a yeah. uh, true sophomore. So he's not in the draft this year, but made made a hell of a catch. Ken Brelton. And that that was my first thought when that happened was unicorns. I saw your your unicorns tweet, and I was like, that was Kembrell Tompkins, literally. Yeah, that that is what that felt like. Yeah. So yeah, there'll be awesome uh, conference championship games next weekend that we can discuss on Thursday, as well as another Patriots game to preview because the show goes on as the Los Angeles Chargers hopefully without Brandon Staley, come to Foxborough. Oh, my God. We need he's, to be done with Brandon Staley already. We just need just, to be. Yeah, he is, he's bad to watch. So uh, maybe the Chargers will have that uh, new coach bump when they're in Foxborough next week. It's throwback week. Everyone celebrate. Pat Patriots back. But uh, Alex and I will be here on Thursday to preview that one, to talk some college football, of, of course, right here on the channel. So make sure you subscribe. Turn the notifications on so you do know when we go live. But until then, you can follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Go read his work over at 985thesportshub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at IamBrianHines and go read my coverage over at PatsPulpit.com. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you guys later this week. Bye.